she's back. <laughs> Guess who's that? Hey. Guess who's that? Uh, uh, tell a friend. Uh, uh. Leisha's back, 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 back again. Get, get. What is good, everyone? It's Leisha B here, and welcome to season four of the Lituation Room. Yes, yes. Let's get some hand claps of praise, okay? Yes. Mm-hmm. Let it. <laughs> but welcome to season four. I'm super humbled and honored to be able to be on season four with you guys. Um, I know that season three ended earlier this year and you're probably like, wow, you've been gone. But this is why you need to be following us on social media because technically we haven't been gone. We've just not been putting out episodes. But this year, let's give a little rundown of this year. For the podcast, we've done an amazing thing this year, which was our Black Music Month experience. (laughs) If you don't know what that is, my team and I put on a virtual concert with people up and down the East Coast. And it was so amazing. It was one of the things that I've been dreaming of doing with this platform and I was able to do it. So I just want to thank the amazing artists that I had on the concert, my amazing team. And I'm just really grateful. <laughs> like, I mean, God, y'all like me enough to help me with a concert. Uh, <laughs> but that's pretty much why the hiatus was so long because I wanted to really put in all of my effort and time and capability into that. And once it was over, I just really wanted to take time for myself, decompress. My birthday was right after. Ah. And I just wanted some time to like really figure out what I wanted to do this season. Because, you know, I'm really big on figuring out how I can make things better, what's next, how to improve, how to up the ante, up the quality. And I think I found a happy medium. (laughs) So don't worry. Interviews are still happening because I know that you guys love hearing conversations with me and my guests. And I'm truly, truly grateful that you love that. But I also want to give y'all some tea, some tea, because you know, I got a lot of tea and I got a lot of things to talk about and I don't get a place to talk about it. So now we're going to talk about it. Okay. (laughs) So if you follow the Instagram, which at the Lituation R Pod, if you aren't. Uh, I started something called the Lituation Report. I only did one thing and it ended up being really successful. It did really good on Instagram. But I think what I want to do is incorporate that into the show. So what I'll be doing for like the first like five to 10 minutes of the podcast is I'll be giving you guys a rundown of things that happened in the entertainment industry, musically, any of the tea, you know, all the tea, all the, all the gag. Um, and I'll just be giving my thoughts, my opinions on it. Again, my thoughts and my opinions. I'll be throwing some facts in there, but obviously everything I say, take it with a grain of salt. Don't at me at your mama, Okay. And for the rest of the episode, it will be the interviews that you know and love. Don't worry. Don't worry. And today's interview is no, is a very special one for me. It's very special. And I'm going to leave it just at that because I don't want you guys to get all the tea just yet. You feel me? Y'all like the background. The background's giving. If you can't see, you can go over to our YouTube channel and the podcast is a virtual podcast for you. But let's get into the lituation report, ladies and gentlemen. Also, I want to preface that I work with kids and it's giving that they like to give me their germs. So if I sound weird, if I'm sipping some tea, 
It's because I'm trying to keep my life, okay? I'm trying to keep my life. All right. So the first thing that I kind of want to talk about is Little Nas X. (laughs) I, one, as someone in the industry and someone who really obsesses over marketing and marketing strategies, I think that this man is so iconically funny and so smart because you guys think that he's doing this just because he's doing it. Like he's doing it and it's becoming an amazing marketing ploy. If you don't know, Lil Nas X just released his debut album called Montero and I've listened to it. I give it a nice 9.5 out of 10. I think it was a great album. Um, It's not something that I was expecting from him. I loved that he was able to bounce through genres. I think that my favorite song is the one with Megan Thee Stallion. I think that that was my favorite because it's so different. Um, obviously with his singles like Industry Baby and Montero Call Me By Your Name, um, you kind of give like the poppy vibe, but this one was more of a like kind of trappy pop vibe. And I was kind of liking it. I liked it. But the one thing that I love about Lil Nas X is that he trolls, but trolls in a very funny, hilarious, like marketing way. Um, obviously a lot of people were concerned when he posted and did a whole magazine spread for people where he was pregnant. But I think it was quite funny because he was pregnant with his debut album. But it's like, sometimes people don't understand how genius it is. I think that what he was doing was hilarious and it clearly made y'all want to listen to the project. So I think he did a great job. Send it to recommend. If Lil Nas X is hearing this, sweetie, hop on the podcast. We love it. Okay. The next person that I really think has been doing a successful time with their debut is Chloe Bailey herself. Obviously, we know Chloe and the amazing duo, Chloe Halley. But <laughs> another person who has been doing amazingly well throughout her debut and everything has been Chloe Bailey. Obviously we love her and the iconic duo Chloe and Hallie, but being able to see her express herself even more throughout this journey has been honestly amazing for me. I know a lot of people have their qualms about whether, you know, she did this too early or whether she shouldn't go solo because y'all want Chloe and Hallie to be a thing, but I think that the beauty of the the beauty of the two of these girls is that these two of these women, let me get it correct, um, is that they're able to be so iconic together that I'm really excited to see how iconic they are separately. Obviously, they've made it a point that they're still going to be Chloe and Hallie, but obviously they're doing indiv- independent projects as of right now. Obviously, with Grownish, they're together, so that wasn't an independent project. But Hallie is obviously doing the Little Mermaid that's supposed to be coming out next year, I believe, maybe 2023. Don't quote me. But then Chloe, <laughs> while Hallie was filming that, was still making music and was making music that wasn't, you know, just a Chloe and Hallie <laughs> song. She was making music for herself, and I think that the beauty of them as a duo is that they can be phenomenal together, but also exquisite separately. And I think that Have Mercy was the best way to come out. Um, She needed to have a big 
a big thing, honestly, um, with who she is, what accolades she's already accomplished and who's attached to her name. She kind of needed to make a big debut. And I think that Have Mercy was just that. Um, I know a lot of people don't really like Shawty's uh, VMA performance, but I think that her BMA's performance was great with what was given. She only had, I think, eight dancers on stage and it was mostly lights and pyrotechnics, I think. Maybe not pyrotechnics, but it was a very minute, minuscule like setup. And she was given very few things. And I think that she did amazing with what was given. The music video, Lord, have mercy. Okay, she looked good. And I think that a lot of people were questioning whether, um, I had a conversation with my friend about this, about how they felt like Chloe was being a more risque, was showing a lot more skin than she normally did. And that's why they liked her was that she was able to give this sex appeal, this genocide qua without showing too much. But I think that the beauty of the song is that she can do whatever she wants because she's grown and she's taking that power back. So I loved the song. If you haven't listened to the song, what you doing? But go ahead and listen to it. I think it's an amazing start. I'm very excited to see how this debut album is going to sound because she did say that there's going to be an album. I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of who I really want an album for for the rest of the year. I know I'm going to get a Kendrick album and I'm very, very, very ready for a Kendrick album. It's been very long since I've gotten something from Mr. Lamar and I'm very excited. But I think I'm going to leave this up to you guys. Was an artist that you want them to drop something this year? Whether it's a single, whether it's a music video, whether it's something, whatever it is, let me know what it is over on our Instagram or on Twitter or on everywhere, honestly. Let me know because I think that I think I have someone, but I'll tell you guys in the next episode. How about that? How about that? (laughs) And then one final thing, this is going to not be music related, but I saw before I started filming this intro that DoorDash is adding alcohol to the delivery service. And I just think that as someone who loves a good glass of wine or three, (laughs) I think that that's beautiful because now I don't have to go to the store to buy my alcohol. We love it. Yeah. (laughs) I think that this is going to make my DoorDash experience 10 times worse. I think that DoorDash is going to be taking my money and I don't really like it. But according to Forbes, yes, we have to give some credit. According to Forbes, in their effort to keep up with competitors such as Postmates, Instacart, and Disney, Do y'all know what that is? Because I don't. (laughs) But DoorDash has officially decided to get into the alcohol game, which means that their popular food delivery service will also be giving customers the option to have alcohol delivered straight to their homes. And they released a press release about this new feature, and it's going to be available to more than 100 million people within 20 different states, including mine, Maryland, and it's going to be in the DC, Canada, and Australia. So, for all of my worldwide people in Canada and Australia, DoorDash is giving y'all alcohol, okay? You can turn up 
Okay. But I don't know how it's going to be in other countries or how long that's going to take. But if you're in those countries and in those 20 states, there you go. You're welcome. (laughs) And I think I'm actually going to talk about one last thing if I do have time, because this is my show. I want to talk about um, Aaliyah. As someone who loves Aaliyah, I love Baby Girl. I love Aaliyah, the Red Album, as they call it. I love that album. It's a no-skip album for me. Um, I truly think that that's one of the albums that really got me into music and really loving and deep diving into music as I do. Um, But I do have a qualm. And maybe this is the um, popular opinion. And y'all can, again, at your mama, not me. But I... Don't know how I feel about streaming the album. Yes, I do have the album liked on my Spotify, but I purposely skipped the songs only because of where the money's going. If you don't know, the overall issue with it is that Black Ground Records is now Black Ground Records 2.0. And that is the company and um, that pretty much suppressed Aaliyah's music from being on social on streaming platforms. And now they're miraculously being put out. Um, The label is owned by her uncle, Barry Hankerson, and he has ties to JoJo's two projects, to Tank's project. There's a Tony Braxton project that's never been released called Libra. And he is releasing those within the next few months. I know that Tank's uh, project is actually coming out this week, I believe. But... I think that my issue is that the money that is going from Aaliyah's streaming, and Aaliyah is actually a top 10 person on streaming platforms right now. I think that all of the money that is generated, I think that all the money that is generated from these streams is just going back to the person that suppressed Aaliyah's music for years. It's not going to her state. It's not going to her other family members. It's not going to her mother. And unfortunately with R. Kelly, I don't like bringing him up, but with with Sylvester, we're going to call him Sylvester. (laughs) With Sylvester's trial going on right now, there's so much going against Aaliyah. There's so many bad qualms that are being popped up because of their illegal because of their illegal situation. And I really just want some good to come out of it. And I love that her music is being able to be streamed because that means that a newer generation can experience Aaliyah in her full form um, and really see that this woman was an amazing addition to the industry. But it sucks because her family is not getting to benefit from it. Um, they don't get a say in any of this process. So that doesn't really sit well with me, but I know there's very many other people that are in that same situation, but I don't know. I still love Aaliyah. I think I'm personally going to go buy the CDs (laughs) Um, or ask my mom for her CDs. Hey mom. But I think that I'm just going to stop streaming. And that's just my personal opinion. Do what you want with all that tea that I just gave. But yeah, I think that's what I'm going to (laughs) do. But that was the end of my Lituation report. Obviously, these reports are going to be different depending on what I feel like talking about, what I want to bring to y'all's attention and the conversation that I want to start. But 
I'm super, super excited to continue on with the episode um, and introduce you guys to someone that I have admired and looked up to, who I personally call a friend and who, bonus, <laughs> makes good music. So I am super honored and super humbled to have Louis Bags as my first guest for season four. And guys, this was a great episode. This was a great interview. And I'm super, super excited to finally put this out. So thank you guys for listening. Keep listening to the rest of the episode. And I will see you guys in the next Literation Report. But keep watching. Keep listening. We ain't done. <laughs> What is good, everyone? Y'all are tuned in to the Lituation Room Season 4. Y'all have already heard the good vibes and the Lituation Report at the beginning. You know, we coming up with new concepts, new things, new vibes for the season. And I am so honored and so excited. But this is my good friend, Louie Bags. What's good, friend? Yo, what's popping? What's happening? I'm happy to be here. It's good to see everybody, you know what I'm saying, healthy and wealthy. You know what yes. I'm saying? We, we blessed in abundance to make it to another year. 2021, right? Yeah, we are definitely. We're here, we're here, we're making it happen. You know what I'm saying? We, even if it's digital, you know. Exactly. Exactly. It's crazy. It's like all these little Zoom calls and the video calls. I'm becoming more accustomed to it now. Yeah, because at first I was like, I don't like being I, away from my guests. Yeah, like I like yeah. to be in person to vibe, but Definitely. that's not, not an right now. Definitely. But we here. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate you for bringing me on. No problem. <laughs> yes, I'm excited because this is the first episode, so you got to come correct, okay? Oh, all right, say less. Let's do it right. All you right. Know, everybody got something to base their knowledge off of. Exactly, exactly. All right, so we're going to start off at the beginning. Okay. Who is Louis Bax? Uh, shoot, honestly, um, I like to classify myself as a, a innovator and a, a creative, um, someone that's kind of just always in a thought-provoked state of mind. You know what I'm saying? I'm constantly coming up with different ideas. Um, I, I like to label myself as an artist. I don't really put myself into a category of a rapper or just a singer or just a producer. Just because I actually dibble and dabble in you know, appreciate all aspects and all realms of music. So I would just call myself more so just a, a facilitator of entertainment and super dope shit. You feel me? <laughs> I saw on your Twitter that you also call yourself a visionary. I was yeah. waiting for that word. I was like, yeah, that's it. Visionary, you know what I'm saying? Just kind of someone that's always envisioning things, even if it's not necessarily something that I can visually see. Right. Sometimes right. it's more of a preview that's uh, that's in my head. And um, it's up to me to kind of man- uh, be the person behind the motors to manifest it, you know. So right. I like that. these realities, you know. I'm more of like a genre list artist. I would say I have a um, I have various different textures of sound. Someday you might feel like wearing some silk. Someday you might wear feel like wearing some leather. Some days you might feel like throwing on that, you know, Egyptian cotton. You know what I'm saying? It's different texture. Okay, okay. That's, that's, that's so it's it's giving Louis. Egyptian cotton Louis bags <laughs> and then it's giving yeah. silk Louis like bags. Flying, flying, you know what I'm saying? All of that. Top tier. What made you start doing this? Like, what was the thing that kind of sparked your interest on being this creative who's, you know, dibbling, dabbling and everything? Um, I would say just uh, being born in a creative household. Uh, both of my parents are 
um, both creatives in their own respective paths. Uh, my father is a jazz musician, and uh, my my mother is a uh, Emmy Award winning television producer. Come on, Emmy! It's it's crazy because it's like the the cloth that I'm cut from is so creative. You know what I'm saying? It's stitched with all these different talents and different cultural nuances and backgrounds. So I feel like with me, you know what I'm saying, being born into such a very diverse family, I've always felt like I had big shoes to, to fill, but I always had the perfect people to look up to as far as putting those stepping stones into my foundation so that right. I can follow along a path to be who I am today. We love parents. Okay, shout out to them because <laughs> they out. are a vibe all in their their own. Come on, Emmy. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, so you mentioned that your father's a jazz artist. Do you think that jazz or other genres fueled you to be this genre list, kind of fluid, creative? Uh, definitely, just because um, jazz is one of those genres of music that has always kind of been a fusion of creativity. Um, it's always been more of um, an improv type of vibe, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you might get a spontaneous spur of inspiration that may draw you to do a, a certain type of solo, like different things in jazz music that kind of give people their own um, existence in one song. Like I used to always love hearing how my dad would describe, you know, like, oh, this right here is free jazz. This right here is uh, blues with a little bit of jazz mixed in. There's various different textures, you know what I'm saying, of genres. You got, you know what I'm saying, different niches. You got different waves that you can kind of take it. And I feel like um, just being around my parents, uh, they both have a huge love for jazz music. And um, I was actually named after Louis Armstrong. It's, it's pretty funny because, you know what I'm saying, like for me to be doing what I'm doing now, you would have thought that this was written in a prophecy or something like thousands of years ago. So... I'm, I'm just thankful to be able to, you know what I'm saying, exist and kind of carry out that legacy. It's, it's, it blows my mind every day. That's why we click. Because <laughs> Louis, that's my dog. That's my like, dog. Like, I think that me and Louis, we would be best friends. Like, if I was, like, back in the, the 20s, like, we would be, we would be killed. What's, what's crazy is, like, just his path of life, like, he was literally an activist, like supported the NAACP movement early, early, early on. There's actually a story where at one of his shows, he got arrested for smoking a joint like in the uh, in one of the alleyways or whatever and like couldn't finish his set or nothing. And he used to always this is like in the early like 20s, 30s. Right. And he was just uh, coming up with ideas like, yeah, if I had a, a medical card or something that protected me. Um, you know, from being harassed by police because weed doesn't make me want to kill anyone. It makes me happy. And he mm-hmm. felt like if everyone had all these cards to have marijuana, that no one would need guns at all. And so it's just funny because, like, I've always, you know, I'm a marijuana enthusiast as, as well. You know what I'm saying? I support the herb, but also just I support life in general. I support longevity. And I feel like um, there are certain escapes and certain things that kind of open you know, different scepters of your mind that kind of just take you away from stuff. So I've always kind of just, like I said, I feel like Louis Armstrong reincarnated. Okay, so let's talk about you, Louis Bags. When did this start? Or were you something else before Louis Bags? Or uh, yeah, There's been various evolutions. When I was three years old, my father bought me a drum set just because I was always around the house running around banging on stuff. I was uh, one of those kids that learned by repetition and watching people. So like, if I saw somebody on TV like Michael Jackson dancing like in Thriller, I would try to mimic and learn like whatever I could just to 
just to emulate that greatness. I'm like, yo, how can somebody move and dance at the same time so seamlessly, you feel me? So I kind of started getting into the prowess, the the skill set of just being able to do these amazing, entertaining things. Starting off with playing the drums, I remember just studying my father, watching him and his band rehearse. I remember he would always play to like um, different music, like Eric Benet, Prince, um, R. Kelly back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day now, back in the day. But um, I would I would find myself trying to study and learn these songs and learn how to play along to them and learn how to, repli- how to replicate the beats that I was hearing. So I would say at the age of three, that's where really the foundation was set. And then by the age of around six to seven, I was consistently playing the drums. He would actually ask me to sit in and play the drums or sing along with the band just to kind of, you know, help out and give me that that little bit of spotlight, you know, just to kind of help me get the stage fright and everything out the way. So I've always kind of been exposed to music and I'm just thankful because I feel like it's it's my rite of passage. Six years old and you're already a performer? Go off. Love that. Love that. He's <laughs> like, give like, me the stage, okay? It's my time. <laughs> it's that time, you know? I, um, I always was involved in music, like even in school. I played in band. I was like the snare drummer or played the bass drum or whatever. And um, I remember in high school, Riken, I was in concert band and I was also in the jazz band. And it kind of helped me really take music more from a professional standpoint because uh, that's when I started reading sheet music and started playing, you know, for ceremonies at school for these prestigious events, you know, playing for the football games, doing different things where in high school, you know, you're expected to perform at a certain level. And I kind of started keeping my myself at a certain uh, standard when it came to music. Setting that standard, it made me not really look back. I feel like I only went forward just because I was constantly giving myself new challenges and just new obstacles to, to conquer, you feel me? Mm-hmm. I feel like with music, you won't really learn or get too much from it if you're not really bending yourself and accepting challenges and stepping out of your comfort zone. Right. I love that. I love that. So besides the people that we've already named, like your family, Louis Armstrong, who do you Mm -hmm. think inspired you at such a pivotal moment to kind of be serious and take it your journey seriously? Just watching different people that I could easily relate to that kind of identify with me, like kids that were, you know, in their teens that just wanted to be creative and stuff like that. Back in like 2010, that's kind of when I first bought my first recording mic. Um, I got some, I got the Audacity recording software on my PC, and then I got GarageBand as well on my mom's uh, work computer. My mom, she's a video editor, and she had a Mac, and Mac used to have GarageBand and all that stuff. So I, I, I used to go on YouTube, and I literally remember in like 2010, like this is after like T Pain kind of had his like crazy run, and like Auto Tune was like. Everybody was on auto tune now. Everybody used to hate it at first. Yeah. Everyone used to hate it. But like 20, 2009 to 2011, that's when you start noticing artists like Lil Wayne picking it up heavy. You got Kanye West who just dropped My Dark Twisted Fantasy and 808s and Heartbreaks. I was just infatuated with manipulating your art, the audio of, of your voice like into an instrument. So I literally... I literally started recording solely just because I was like, man, I want to hear what I sound like with auto-tune, like not even a recorded <laughs> song. I'll, I'll be on the mic just talking like, yo, this sounds cool. You know, just being infatuated with playing around with the software and whatnot, like it was a toy or something. I would say people like T-Pain, 
uh, Lil Wayne, Kanye West, Pharrell Williams, The Clips, um, just a bunch of different people to name. Andre 3000, like Outkast, uh, The Far Side, Tribe Called Quest, business mogul people like uh, you got Jay Prince from Rap A Lot Records. Uh, I study a lot of CEOs and kind of uh, people that kind of forged their own entities and broke barriers in the music industry kind of like Birdman, uh, right. Cash Money. Um, you know, it's, it's so many different people. You got No Limit, Master P, uh, people that kind of took, he, he took his money from basketball and reinvested it into doing things that, you know what I'm saying, he enjoyed the most. So. But it seems like you have a lot of heavy hitters in, you know, your arsenal. So clearly yeah. that just means that you're about to be a heavy hitter. Exactly, because I feel like um, most of those artists that I named, they kind of, they, they all had some type of pivotal shifts in their their career paths, you can kind of, it's crazy. You can really map out a timeline. Like I love people like uh, Rihanna or people like Nicki Minaj, people like Drake, people like uh, Tyler Creator. Um, my generation alone has literally been able to see those artists go from up and coming, like not even known, you know what I'm saying? Like A-listers right. and being people that are influencers for the sound now, for the standard, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like when you're going hard and kind of just shifting narratives and standards within yourself it's going to bleed out into what you put out into your projects and i feel like um just even me i know i'm going to influence some type of wave of new music and sound just off of what i offer to the game so i always tell everyone to be the best at whatever it is you're trying to do just because you never know who it can inspire you don't know what it can give birth to because a lot of those artists that i named they gave birth you know to an artist like me you know what i'm saying my parents they passed on a torch, you know, created a legacy that, you know, they might have not really deeply, deeply thought into like, oh, yeah, we're going to name him after Louis Armstrong. Right. He's going to go to make music and go by Louis Vags. <laughs> like you can't really, you know what I'm saying? You can't really put that out there. You, you, you can't just like instill that. You can only. I love this. One thing about yeah. me, I'm a, I'm a manifesting queen. So like, it I just, is, is. I love it all. Okay. So. There it is. With all this inspiration and the fact that you didn't even mean to start recording to make music, yeah. you just recorded because you liked the way that your voice yeah, sounded on Auditory. It was a fad. Like, I was like, this is like when, um, yeah, like 2009, 2010, I, I got this Logitech headset from Walmart. Of course, it was horrible quality <laughs> microphone. It was, it was meant for like podcasting and meant for like webcam chats. Yeah. Like, you know, like if you wanted to sound more clear, it's for webcam, you know, like back when Uvu and Skype was the thing. Remember, you know what I'm saying? It was, it literally was my mic I got for Uvu and Skype calls. Cause remember like that was our thing. Like, mm-hmm. like we had, that's when like social media was kind of becoming a thing. Right. But like Uvu and Skype calls, that was like my whole middle school and high school. Like we used to all come home and study and do homework on Uvu and stuff or play video games, just connect with each other on Ooh. So it's just crazy because like 10 years later, like, yeah, I, I feel like my mute, like with the music that is being put out now, I'm real thankful because I feel like there's a lot more room for people to create different stuff. I feel like there's more of an acceptance. Yeah, for creativity more more so now than back. Definitely, definitely. We're we're moving f- into a, a really good place in music that I'm really excited to see. Exactly, especially with everything that's going on with like people like Lil Nas X breaking yeah. breaking barriers yeah, and yeah. records yeah. and everything. And people like Lizzo. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? Like uh, people like shit. 
there's so many people I can name, like Billie Eilish, mm-hmm. and different folks like uh, even uh, people like Lil Baby, and you know what I'm saying. You got just various different artists that are all on cross platform. Like Kirk Franklin and Lil Baby did a song together. Right. I would have never, I would have never, you know what I'm saying, put two and two together. So it just kind of lets you know, like whatever expectations you have, throw it out the window. Right. Because you know what I'm saying, the limitations are not there possibilities are endless now he's now he preaching on this good day you know what i'm saying he's trying to get y'all the good word (laughs) (laughs) okay so what was the first song that you actually like made well i I remember this to the t so i used to go by various different names i was lewis 301 i think in like 2014 and then i switched it to like lewis the rapper or some shit and i immediately quit that because you know you had chance to rap Mm mm-hmm I was just more so indecisive about a name because I always dove into the music first. Like I would make the music even before I really like stuck to a stage name. Um, but it was a song called Good Time. It was a uh, super clean, like like no cursing, none of that. And um, it was a song that I just felt very confident about. I felt like the feeling, me recording it, I literally recorded it in like 20 minutes. I heard the beat and it just spoke to me. I recorded it on this Logitech headset. I wasn't good at mixing and mastering, so it literally just sounded like a rough recording. But I was able to learn how to um, put the proper notes and keys in my auto-tune. So the auto-tune and everything sounded great. It's just like I feel like I could have mixed it and everything. Just me speaking 10 years later now, like right. the quality was ass compared to what <laughs> I do right now. But I just was so proud of that song. Like I was so proud of it. It's called Good Time. And I was talking about how I just want to have a good time. And um, I remember showing my mom. This is like kind of when I was, I wasn't really showing my parents my music I was recording just because I was really self-conscious about it. And I'm a, I'm a perfectionist in my head. I'm a, I'm a Leo. So it's like, I want to make sure it sounds perfect to me before I present it to anyone. Right. So I remember showing my mom and she was just like, that's you? Like, she was, and of course, we're just like, come on, mom, you know, don't gas me up. Like, I know I'm your son and stuff. You can tell me if it's cool. I always love getting the cold, the cold truth. You know, you can tell it to me straight. And she just was like, no, this is, this is amazing. Like, asked me to send it to her and she showed it to a bunch of her friends. And um, she had a bunch of her, her buddies like tell her, like, yo, this is really great. This has potential. You should keep going. So that kind of motivated me a lot. And that led me to go purchase more recording equipment. And I started doing more covers of different songs, like on The Best I Ever Had by Drake. But that was one that I used to do a cover to just because I always wanted to learn how to seamlessly um, flow on songs. Like, I just love hearing people like Lil Wayne and Drake and, um, Kanye, because they sound so confident, you know what I'm saying? Like the confidence and the the understanding that they have in what they're saying. They're like, yeah, I'm standing on this. I mean, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Put together a story. People like uh, the notorious B.I.G. Tupac. I just loved how confident they was being themselves. So right. I wanted to emulate that in my music. So I was like, what better way to get that same energy and tenacity and that confidence as Drake and Lil Wayne? than to do some covers of their songs that I already, I get excited when I hear, you know how you'll hear like a song like A Millie by Lil Wayne and you just automatically start rapping. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? So I wanted to get that same excitement that I hear from songs that I love from my own music. Mm. So eventually just start chipping away at the block. You start, you know what I'm saying? Doing your repetitions. 
It's just like you go in the gym 30 days straight, you you form a habit. After 90 days, it's a lifestyle. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? I was on my 90-day run trying to turn this into a lifestyle. And then eventually, I found myself recording like five songs a week and uh, wasn't putting nothing out. You know, this was after a good time. Wasn't putting nothing out. And then that's when um, I would say by the time I was a senior, I started letting people know, like, yeah, I make music. I do this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. And then um, my freshman year, that's actually when I publicly created my SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. And that's when I put myself as Lewis 301. And um, after doing the whole SoundCloud thing and everything, I was playing college lacrosse uh, my freshman year. And all of my uh, teammates, they knew I used to go in my in my dorm and record. Like, I used to be late for class and, you know what I'm saying, used to be late for practice and stuff. Because, like, even though I was playing lacrosse and everything, I was playing Division Two lacrosse in the NCAA for UDC, it was still, music was still, like, on my mind heavy. You know right. what I'm saying? It was still forefront so it's like my freshman year i would find myself like recording more and more and more and then um i would show my teammates and stuff i used to play my music at our in the uh in the gym when we used to do morning workouts and people be like yo who is this bro like this this you bro no way you know what i'm saying they and they was rocking with it and um i used to always be like that fly guy for real in school like i was like the chubby fly guy i used to stay with the shoes I used to stay with. Don't make that face. <laughs> I used to stay with the shoes, used to stay with the clothes, just to kind of express myself more so just because I wasn't always comfortable in my skin, but I always was more comfortable just being myself. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would express myself in other different ways and whatnot. And I remember I had this, um, I had a Louis belt on. And they used to be like, yo, Louis bags with the Louis belt. And, um... I remember being like in practice and we was doing our shuttle lines where we would do the passes and whatnot. We would pass the ball to each other. They'd be like, hey, Louis Bags, Louis Bags. And everybody on my team just started calling me that. So I was like, yo, I kind of fucked with that. So <laughs> shout out to the teammates. Shout out to the teammates, man. Louis Bags was born in 2012. <laughs> All right, we love to see it. Okay, so let's just talk about some accolades real quick hold on because I gotta gas you because you haven't gassed yourself enough so this is that's my job I'm just gonna talk about the people that you've opened up for and you can correct me if I'm wrong we have a Meek Mills we have Meek Mills right Mm -hmm. Mr. Nick Cannon and the Wildin' Out crew yes indeed Migos yep the Migos mm -hmm. (laughs) and Boogie with the hoodie? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Donkey. <laughs> That's actually the first the first big artist I opened for. Shout out. A Shout out A Boogie. Shout out A Boogie. That was 2017. A Boogie and Famous Dex. Oh, I was about oh, that was about to move the next one. <laughs> uh Hood Rich Pablo. Hood Rich Pablo one and Fat Trail. That was at uh, the Fillmore. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, the rapper. <laughs> Well, the rapper, that's the bro right there. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. that was actually really dope because after I opened up with him, he actually organically messed with my music and we, we went straight to the studio and recorded like three songs. So like different things like that, that happened, you know. The crazy thing is I'm not done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got uh, a Mr. Young Thug. <laughs> and uh, Derek, uh, I'm not about to mispronounce a name. Derek Milano. There we go. There we go. Yep. 
He's actually a Grammy Award-winning songwriter. He wrote the song Savage for Beyonce and Megan Thee Stallion, believe it or not. Yep. All right. He wrote a whole lot of choppers uh, with Nicki Minaj inside of Baby. He wrote that joint. You know, that's one of the homies. I'm not even about to continue because just that alone... Is that that's it? I just wanted to gas you real quick because I just feel like knowing you before all of this, because I don't think at the time that I knew that you wanted to be an artist and like you were making music. So, like, seeing your progression from the outside is crazy. And like seeing these accolades myself, because I didn't even know all these people that you opened up for, and there's more. I just didn't have the time. We're just not even going to do that. But it's just. What do you do to soak in all of these moments? Because these are highlights. These are things that, you know, local artists are fiending for. This is this is the thing that they want. These organic networking opportunities, these organic chances. So what do you do to like soak in and like really live in the moment? Uh, you got to give thanks. Um, you got to you got to look back to um if you don't know where you came from, you don't know where you're going. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I always, like I was saying about my parents, man, like um, I always give thanks to them because they've always allowed me to express myself with no limits. You feel me? So like just being able to share those stages um, to be able to kind of like my thing is I'm looking at it like, yo, my music is about to play on the same speaker (laughs) as you know what I'm saying? I'm about to touch the same mic that these guys are touching. You know what I'm saying? I got the same crowd mm-hmm. that, you know what I'm saying, came to see the artists I'm open for. I have that same crowd. So it's a lot to take in because it's it's like, wow, like I, this is stuff I used to watch. You know, I'm, I'm opening for the the artists that I've gone to concerts. Right. To, you were in the audience. Pretty, in the audience, you know, so it's it's awesome. You kind of just got to uh, give yourself a pat on the back. You got to let yourself know that you're capable and you also got to stay inspired, you know? And um, I just got to give thanks to my team, my manager, Almighty E. He's like my right-hand man. Um, I got a lot of folks that really support and believe in me. So that's one of the the driving forces behind Louis Bags. Yes, come on team. We love a good team. Good team, man. Okay, let's talk about, let's talk about paint. Let me tell you something. Okay. So I was coming from work, you know, the things that you do. And I just needed, I just needed some bops. I needed to hear the music again. And I just went through the, went through the project because that's what I do. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I have liked every single song on here should, should tell you something. But I just want to talk about the fact of, there's multiple songs that I like. Don't get me wrong. But the song that I love is Mm -hmm. Call No More. Because I love the vibe it gives. Because like you said earlier, you're a genreless creative. So throughout the project and throughout your discography as a whole, there's no similar song. Like you could think that there is, but there's really not. Like every song has its own unique setup. And when I heard Call No More, I was like, okay, okay, I'm here. And then maybe at like the 39 second mark, I was like, oh, like, say less. <laughs> okay, so talk about this project. What made you put out paint? What was the overall theme that you wanted? What was the thought process going when you were making it? I started paint in uh, 2016. I had never, re- never released a, a full length project. 
So just a compilation of songs is something I always wanted to work towards. And like I was telling you, I was always recording songs and stashing them. Mm -hmm. um, I started meeting with different producers and kind of taking the music stuff more serious. So well, Paint, it's crazy. My cousin Tanaza, she actually, um, she was at a recording session with me one day. She's another one of my right hand men. Just like, she's like my sister too. And um, I remember she was like, so like, are you gonna put out a project? Like, what, what do you, what do you want to call it? I was like, I don't know. I was like, something about like painting. I don't know. Like, I feel like I paint pictures with my words, and I know that's real cliche to say, but like, it's like sometimes the words and music it makes you visualize different things. Mm -hmm. So she was like, why don't you just call it paint? <laughs> I was like, yo, that's perfect. You know what I'm saying? Because in the song, in, in a lot of the songs, I reference and speak about how, you know, how I'm painting pictures and painting out my my life. You know what I'm saying? From the perspective of an artist and a creative that looks at things from, you know, the beauty point and also taking the ugly, the bad and turning it into something beautiful like a song. Right. So like paint was just like it was a, a creative extension. You know, the microphone is my my paintbrush, you know, the beat is my canvas. And then my words is the different colors, you know, that I decide to use to create the visual images that you guys see, the things that you hear, you know what I'm saying? This, I want to create longevity. I want people to go back, just like how you revisited paint. And it's just like, wow, you know, it lets you know, like music is powerful because it, it can exist and make sense in various different time zones, no matter how old or how new. Right. So paint was just a pinnacle moment for me because I feel like putting that project out, it's like, all right, I've set myself into this foundation as Louis Bags. I've created this new identity for myself. Right. Okay. Ever since then, it's just kind of just been a journey. <laughs> okay, so this is probably going to be a hard question because I feel like every time that I ask an artist this, it takes them a minute. Mm -hmm. So off of paint, because I'm going to make it easier and not say your whole discography because I would be rude. But off of paint, what is your favorite song right now? Like, if I were to ask you to play for someone who hasn't heard your music before, what song would you play? I would say the evening. I would say the evening. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's something about that song. It's just it puts you in like a trance. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's like it's it's a vibe. You know, I love smoking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it also kind of adds some personification and metaphoric you know, um, little bits and pieces of different clues in there that kind of make you think. Right. I think... So that's probably one of my favorite songs. On, on I think the thing that I like about you as an artist, because I try to figure out what part of the artist that I like when I interview them. And I think that one of the main things I love is your wordplay. You're really good at taking something that could be so simple and like adding depth to it. There's times where when I would listen to your music, I would have to like go back. Cause I was like, I missed something, gotta go back. And then every time I hear it, something else pops into my head. So what's the process like, or is it just organically something that just comes to your head or have you, obviously you've worked on it, but what do you do to create such a, a meaningful set of lyrics? Um, I would say just formula application. Um, everything has a formula and um, you apply that formula uh, to where it makes the most sense. 
-hmm. just like it's something uh, like a screw. You can only screw in a screw with a screwdriver. Mm -hmm. Can't really take a hammer and boom, 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 you know what I'm saying? Throw it in there. Everything has a process. A nail, you can hammer that joint in. You know what I'm saying? So every different song, genre, you got a different set of tools. And I feel like if you want to be a master mechanic or just a, you know what I'm saying, a, a wordsmith, you kind of got to dibble and dabble and, and dive into different words, different skill sets, learn how to use different tools, experience different things to actually be able to keep yourself motivated and, you know what I'm saying, right. create create different things. So I feel like just applying a formula, um, developing your own formula to different things, it kind of just opens up a whole window of creativity. So since we're all about manifesting, we're going to manifest a little bit right now. Who is someone that you're going to be on stage with in the next three years? We're, we're not even going to say like, who do you want? Like, no, no, no. Who are you going to be on stage with in the next five, three years? Next three years, who am I going to be on stage with? lot of folks man. i'm be on stage with meek mill be on stage with amigos drake lil wayne that's those those my my main goals right now just to lock in with you know what i'm saying a lot of my inspirations and people that i actually gravitate towards i would love to actually get in the studio with the dream mm. i just i love his 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 pen game people are sleeping songs. on the dream as a songwriter and a producer like that man has a crazy like, pen this man wrote the cheetah girls song right, like, <laughs> right. You, know you feel me like and, and just to kind of like circulate it to that and then he wrote umbrella by rihanna and and wrote you know what i'm saying all types of just you know what i'm saying just to know that there's that you can be behind a song but still be so on the forefront because it's such a powerful song that like went to the when when a song goes to the top you're a person that also has top charting songs but you're also behind the scenes on other top charting songs that's a true artist mm -hmm. that's someone that doesn't put themselves oh yeah i want to let me just be an artist so that i can have all the accolades and be the front man like no it's it's various different realms of being appreciated and i feel like to be an advocate for an artist like to be someone that's able to write something for an artist and even have them advocate for you by them mm -hmm. performing your lyrics and right. stuff, is presenting your art to the world. I love that. That's why I love, I have a deep appreciation for people like um, Hitmaker or yes. Victoria Monet, because obviously yes. a lot of people, I don't know why they don't know this, but Hitmaker was a whole artist before he became Hitmaker. Young bird. Exactly. So watching his evolution of being able to cater and be an artist, but also cater to an artist, he was able to take what he learned from his journey and help other artists with their songwriting and their production. But I feel like it's a, it's a unique thing to be able to go from being in that person's shoes and like understanding. So when you get into a studio, what is like the thing that you have to do before you get in the booth? Like, do you have any rituals, any things that you have to do or vibes or feelings that you have to be in? Uh, I turn off my push notifications, like <laughs> the little banners that pop up, because mm -hmm. I'll be I'll be writing and those banners that do do do. Yeah, I get a lot of messages, get a lot of notifications from social media and stuff. So, just xing out certain things that might throw off your continuity. Um, not to close off or be like, no, nah, fuck you guys right now. I'm I'm focused, mm -hmm. but respectfully, fuck you guys. 
<laughs> <laughs> but nah, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's a um, separation is a part of growth. So like I just separate certain things in the studio just to kind of divert my focus in a certain direction. And I feel like even just having good vibes, if there's people that kind of make you happy, if you want to have certain folks at your session, um, people that might give you certain inspirations. I try not to stem my creativity from others too much, you know, be like, yo, guys, what should I rap about? I'll do that sometimes if I'm looking for something to kind of um, ignite an inspiration within me. Mm -hmm. um, but like usually nine times out of 10, I like coming up with my own creative content, but I also love collaborative work. So if I'm like collaborating with a songwriter or someone that's a producer and I'm working on a song that the producer sent me like a beat, sometimes I like tapping in with the producer and actually talking to him or like kind of being like, yo, what was your inspiration behind the creative passage of you making this type of beat? Right. And that kind of might provoke a few different thoughts in my head and be like, okay, I'm gonna take it in this direction. You know? Like I said, formula application, you know? So when I'm in the studio, it's like a different formula every time. Okay, very calculated, but very chill at the same time. Calculated chill. Yes, indeed. <laughs> we love that. Okay, so we're wrapping up towards the end, but what do you, where do you see Louis Bags going? I know that's obvious, you know, a very obvious question because I feel like everyone's going to say to the top, but like where... Where do you want Louis Bass's name to be attached to? Because obviously you're multifaceted. You're able to do multiple things, be in multiple settings of the music industry. So where and what do you want Louis Bags to be attached to? Right. Um, I, I definitely want to be attached to to greatness. You know what I'm saying? As, as, as big of a scope that there is to kind of have in this industry, there's a lot of folks doing what I do. It's a lot of oversaturation as people like to say, but also there's more than enough, you know what I'm saying? But also room for more, you feel me? So I feel like with music being a continuous evolving thing these days, I kind of see myself in the within the evolution of music, within the evolution of what people refer to as a standard or of good music and stuff. I kind of see myself being a playmaker and someone that kind of, you know, contributes to the flow of the sound and growth of music. Okay, so. okay, I like that. Okay, my last question is, if you could go back to three six-year-old performing Louis, what would you tell him now that you're in this position? Like, what is one thing that you would tell him? Man, I would I would tell that man, you know what I'm saying? any Anything you feel like you can do, go for it. Even if you don't know how to do it, find out who does. Be forever a seeker of knowledge. And just don't close yourself off towards opportunities. I know there's a lot of, even though I've opened up for a lot of different people, I've been blessed to do a lot of different things. There's a lot of different things that I turned down or didn't feel like I was ready for mentally, but, you know, it could have been an opportunity for growth and learning that, you know, I could have taken on. So just not closing myself off simply because of fear of the unknown, mm -hmm. you know? I like Sometimes that. you gotta take risks. Right. You gotta take risks to elevate. I love that. Yes. Okay. So where can people find you? What's coming up? Because I need to know. We need to know what's next for Louis Bags. So I um right now I'm on the flow of dropping uh, some more singles. I got a couple of singles that I got out right now. Um I just recently dropped a remix to Time Flies by Drake. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been going crazy just to kind of show people that I like to also do my own twist and own renditions of hot charting songs. And it's also just a good way for people to um, relate to something that they're familiar with. People kind of gravitate towards familiarity. Right. I don't know if I said that word right, but they gravitate towards things that they've kind of seen before or things that they haven't really seen, but they've seen before. Mm-hmm. So like seeing my approach or having people get a perception of how I'll take on a song is always something that I find very fun because it's like, oh, this song is so hot by this person. I want to see if I can make it hot too or, you know, keep the fire going. Okay, okay. so where can everybody find you? Oh, yeah. Everybody, y'all can find me on all social media platforms at Louis Bags Music. That's a L-O-U-I-E-B-A-G-Z Music on everything. Um, if you want to look me up on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, all streaming platforms, just type in Louis Bags. You can Google me. Uh, two words, you know what I'm saying? Louis Bags. Just throw it in Google. I'm the first one that pops up. Yeah, everywhere. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Louis, for being here. I'm super excited to be here for the rest of your journey. Hey, we out here. We going up. I appreciate you so much for my time and just for having me. Yes. It's an honor. Yes. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Let's get it. <laughs>